0: Well, good afternoon, church family. It's a pleasure to join once again here on Wednesday, uh, as it is December the 9th of 2020. Uh, we're one more week closer to our celebration of Christmas uh, and the the uh, birth of our Savior, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have the privilege of opening up his word together today as we uh, take in part two of Psalm 119, verses 89 to 96 Uh, speaking to the fact that God's word is applicable to all generations. And so let's commit our time to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, Lord, we do thank you for this uh, new day. And Lord, as we continue in our um, relationship with you, as we seek to deepen our our love and our understanding, uh, as we gain knowledge from the study of your word, Lord, I ask that these times together uh, midweek would be an encouragement to everyone who hears Uh, that they would uh, take time to uh, speak these truths to others that they come in contact with, to see just how applicable your word is, not only in their lives, but in the lives of the people they come in contact with. And Lord, we'll give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and we'll reread this section, as it's the 12th section, uh, Lamed. Uh, In Hebrew, uh, from verses 89 through 96, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment, they stand this day. For all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. But today we're going to pick up in uh, verse 92, uh, as we begin with a, a thought coming from the psalmist where it says, uh, If your law had not been my delight... I would have perished in my affliction. Whether you realize this or not, meeting God in his word has tremendous, has great and powerful and and lasting impact in our lives. Uh, And I've experienced this firsthand as I've watched God teach me uh, and the times that I've spent, you know, reading his word, uh, hearing his word, studying his word, meditating upon it, memorizing it uh, and taking it in that his word has had a tremendous impact uh, in my life through the years that i've known him Uh, and the fact is is that the psalmist is giving testimony to this as well because he says you know if god's word had not been his delight if that had not been part of his everyday experience that he would have perished in affliction uh, because of everyone who is seeking to cause him to stumble and to fall to see all the temptations that are in the world that can uh, seek to to undermine the truths about God. So we need to understand. We need to uh, to realize that we need to spend time in God's Word. Because when we don't, then as the psalmist reflects, he says, "I would have perished in my affliction." So in other words, I would have given in to the temptation. I would have given in to the desire to do that which was contrary to what the Word told me to do. And I think as we we looked last time, we looked at Psalm 19, the first six verses. I like how the the, the 7 through 14 speak to this uh, section as well. And again, this shows the paralleling uh, in relation to the Psalms because it speaks to the great impact that the word of God has. Uh, Notice here as we begin in verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect. What's the result? It revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, the result, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, the result, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord uh, is pure, the result, enlightens the eyes. Verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, its result, its enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and what? Righteous altogether. Verse 10 goes on to say, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned in keeping them. There is great reward. Well, what did the psalmist say here in Psalm 119.92? What's the great reward? That he did not perish in his affliction because he his delight was in the law of the Lord. Verse 12 in Psalm 19 goes on to say, Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgressions. And in the beautiful verse 14, it caps it out. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So did you catch all those phrases, all those results of the great impact the word of God has? It revives the soul. It makes wise the simple. It rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. It it shows its enduring uh, uh, aspect because it is clean, enduring forever. So it's not temporal. Uh, It is righteous altogether. And that in keeping them, there is great reward. And the the psalmist's cry there is, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And you notice sandwiched right in there in all those verses is the the idea that God's word, which has great impact, is more desired than gold, even fine gold. So the purest gold you can find. And as you watch different things on the television, on the internet, you know, there's a, a big push because of uh, the dollar not being as strong, uh, to to buy gold, uh, to make that part of your portfolio because it is is something to, to be desired because it, it will retain value. It will be worth something even when the paper dollar isn't worth anything at all. But see, it says here that the word of God is to be more desired than even that. And it even says that it is sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Now, it doesn't say just the, the things that are positive that make me feel good about where i am that means everything in the word of god so even when the word of god speaks truth into my life where i have wandered away from the lord guess what that is sweet it's sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb because god's word has a great impact it keeps me where i should be as opposed to allowing me to go where i should not well, the psalmist goes on in Psalm 119, verse 93, to say, I will never, and I love that word, I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. It reminds me of Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, where it says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It also reminds me of the importance of uh Hearing the word of the Lord Uh, in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and following, it says, But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him on whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news but they have not all obeyed the gospel for isaiah says lord who has believed what he has heard from us so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of christ so again as the psalmist reflects on the fact that he doesn't never forgets god's precepts because it has given him life we know it that it is through the the very word of god that we know about eternal life in christ jesus and it is A faith that comes from hearing. So, in other words, hearing the truth, hearing the gospel good news, that there's salvation in Jesus Christ, that uh, through faith and trust in Him, our sins can be forgiven, that we can be reconciled to God, and that we can enjoy having a righteousness that is not our own, a righteousness that Christ gives to us as uh, a gift uh, for us to be able to be in the presence of God for eternity. And hearing. Uh, through the word of Christ himself. God sent forth his son, Jesus Christ. And as we approach, you know, this time of year, we're remembering Emmanuel, you know, God with us. Uh, Christ came for the purpose of communicating the good news of the gospel, to show that this is the new covenant in my blood Uh, and to to walk amongst us uh, and to to be an example to all of mankind uh, and showing the love of God in a way Uh, that can only be done by God taking on human flesh. The fact is, the psalmist goes on to say, for by them you have given me life. So God's word brings life because it is living and it is active and it is accomplishing all that God purposes. It reminds me of what it says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So God's word has great impact. God's word is the thing that gives us life. And so it will accomplish exactly what God purposes it to do. And then the psalmist in verse 94 uh, changes and and shows the the personal uh, relationship that he has because he says, I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. You know, what a beautiful proclamation. I am yours. Can you say today with that kind of conviction, with that kind of clarity, that you belong to God? That I am yours, Lord. It reminds me of the the words uh, of the great hymn, I am thine, O Lord. It says, I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice. And if... Uh, and it told thy love to me, but I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me close, or, yeah, draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend, when I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. You know, the th- fact is, is that this hymn, as well as the proclamation of the, the psalmist here in Psalm 94, when he says, I am yours, uh, you know, I belong to you, Lord. Save me, keep me, because I have sought your word. I've clung to it, as he said in previous verses. See, this is a beautiful proclamation that is not held personal experience but it is held by the unchanging unwavering word of god he says i have sought your precepts so the confidence in the relationship the stemming of where the relationship comes from is based in the fact that it is coming from the god who does not change who is unwavering who is the one he is salt as he has opened up his word And then the psalmist once again here uh, in short form in verse 95 says, the wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. And so even as formidable as his enemies are, uh, and we don't know exactly who they are other than the fact that they did slander him, but think about the enemies that you have. Think about the things that you face on any given day. Can you say that the wicked lie in wait to destroy me? But Lord, I consider your word. I consider the truths that you have told me, the things that are true that no man can change. I consider the fact that you do not lie to me, but you tell me the truth. I consider the fact that you have promised me many things that you always deliver upon. See, even as formidable as our enemies are, they do not cause us and should not cause us to waver in our faith to the Lord. The psalmist gives testimony to that, and so we too today should also see the importance of being in the word of god because the wicked will lie in wait they will wait for the opportune moment and we need to be prepared and be ready to make sure that we don't allow our enemies a victory and finally in this section uh, verse 96 he says i have seen a limit to all perfection but your commandment is exceedingly broad I want you to think for a moment this afternoon of just all the beauty and perfection in the created universe. And now we, we don't see it in, in its total perfection because sin still exists. But yet when we look at the human body and we see the, the perfections of uh, the design of the eye and how it works or the hand and how uh, each of the fingers and, and the thumb work together for us to be able to pick things up, uh, to, to be able to construct and to build things. Um, This is not a mistake. This is not something that just happened. This is by God's design. And so it is beautiful uh, in its perfection. Uh, And that uh, the psalmist says, he says, all of this has a limit or an end. And that's true because we are finite. This world is finite. It will not exist eternally. Uh, Only God does. And those whom he brings uh, to him through his son, Jesus Christ. And the thing is, he's given testimony to the fact that God's word has no such limitation. It does not have a shelf life. It will not fade away. It won't be the the rolling credits at the end of a movie uh, and be no more. Uh, God's word does not uh, find limitation uh, as we do in living this life. Because God's word, as we've been studying, is eternal. That means that it has no beginning, no end, like time. It's eternal. It's before all of creation and will endure beyond all creation. The fact is God's word encompasses all that God has made. You'll notice there he says, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. This phrase exceedingly broad means that it has no bounds. God's word is not limited by man. God's word is not Uh, just limited to a paper-bound book that has lasted uh, for the the thousands of years that it has in written form. It is not bound in any way, shape, or form because it belongs to the God who is everywhere, who has all knowledge, all wisdom, who has all power, who is eternally existent in the heavens. This is the way his word is as well, and it encompasses everything that God has made, which is everything. Everything. Because the only thing that's not made is God, because God is not a created being. He has eternally existed. And it's that same God who is able, through his word, to teach us uh, to even do some of the things that we would not in our own strength ever uh, attain apart from God. And that's even to love those who lie in wait to destroy us. Because it seems impossible. How can I love my enemies How am I supposed to to love them when they seek to destroy me? Well, that's because God's word has no bounds. God's word has the ability to do things that man does not understand and that man cannot comprehend uh, and that man can only in faith embrace. First Corinthians 13 says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And that's because it comes from a God who never fails, a God who always does that which is right, that which is good, because that is who he is. And so as we look at this section and we close it out today, uh, we need to remember that God's word is applicable to all generations, including our own, that we need to make sure that we take delight in it so that we don't perish from our affliction. That we don't forget his precepts because it is by the very word of God that we are given life. That we should say uh, with the psalmist that I am yours, Lord. And that even though the wicked may seek to destroy me, your word speaks truth beyond their ability to do any harm. To whatever they can do, even to this physical body, they cannot do to our eternal soul. And finally, knowing that there are limits to that which has been created, God's word is eternal because God is eternal. And it is uh, in no way, shape, or form bound by man or by anything. Uh, It is given out freely uh, from the God who is truth. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. And Father, Lord, we do thank you for this section, Lord. We thank you for the reminder that uh, your word does speak truth, that it is not bound, uh, that it has the ability to give us the, the, uh, the strength and the wherewithal to do the things that in man's power and man's knowledge are impossible, to be able to love our enemies, to be able to love you, one who we were in open rebellion against. Because we know that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Your love never fails. And Lord, uh, we, we ask that you would help us to embrace those truths today. That as we finish out this week, as we approach uh, this time of year, remembering that your son Jesus Christ did not fail uh, in his, his uh, greatest ex- ex- exhibition of love by taking on human flesh and dwelling among us that we too, in 2020, as we finish out this last month of a year of all kinds of turmoil and all kinds of questions and all kinds of challenges to our faith and uh, and to our even existence as a church, Lord, that uh, you are not bound by those things and that your power can uh, eradicate even the the, the most, uh, in man's mind, deadliest of of, uh, viruses in the COVID virus, that that is not a a hindrance to you in any way, shape, or form. And Lord, we ask that you would just show us your power, uh, that you would show us uh, your ability to speak to everything uh, because your word is applicable to our generation as well. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, church family, it was great to spend this time together in the word of God. I pray that you have a great remainder of your week and we look forward to joining together for worship on Sunday morning.